So on this episode of Remodeling Unscripted, I bring on my friend uh, Christian Scott with Class Act Property Solutions. They're based out of Houston, Texas. They work exclusively with investors. They also do their own investing. Uh, this is a great episode if you are a contractor that's looking to work with investors or an investor yourself looking to work with a quality contractor. So I hope you enjoy it and get some uh, valuable information that might be useful to your business model. Welcome back to Remodeling Unscripted. My name is Frank Lujan and I'm with Canopy Unlimited. Really appreciate everybody uh, joining us here on this episode three. And uh, on this episode, uh, I asked a, a good friend of mine to join me. Um, and his name is Christian Scott. He's with Class Act. And uh, what's up, Christian? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I really appreciate the opportunity to bring us on the podcast. No, I, I, absolutely. So um, I, I appreciate you being on here. So uh, with social media and, and, you know, today's way of meeting people, you know, um, I, I've gotten to know Christian um, basically through uh, Facebook. Um, he's somebody who he, he's very active uh, and he, he gives a lot. And he also um, he, he posts and he gives a lot of feedback, a lot of great positive feedback. And that's one thing that caught my attention. And uh, just over the last couple of months, um, I would even say, you know, maybe over a year or so, uh, he caught my attention. And um, not only with his project posts, um, but with his feedback that he gives, sharing, uh, you know, going into the uh, topic that we're going to cover, uh, social media etiquette, you caught my attention. So um, that's kind of how we know each other. Uh, at first and then kind of develop our relationship from there. So, Um, so uh, let's just jump right into it. Uh, Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what it is that um, Class Act does and, you know, kind of give us a a rundown on, on who you are and what you do? Yeah. So, uh, well, I'm Christian, you know, I, uh, I started my first business when I was 18. I'm 26 now. Um, I went through a lot of time periods of having to grow um, mentality wise and, you know, you know, just in my heart and, uh, my partner, Casey, he's probably the mastermind of this whole thing. I know a lot of people see me as the face or whatever, you know, on social media. And I love that position, but I wouldn't be here without him. You know, he is a building mastermind and he, he is just, you know, if if you just think of of, of a train, just packed down with hundreds of cars that takes forever to stop. That's him. You know, he, he just keeps going and going and going. And sometimes it's very, very hard, Mm -hmm. but that is the, that is one of the biggest classifications. I think of an entrepreneur that there is that you don't stop. There is no stopping. You burn your ships and you either run your business into the ground and start another one or, you know, you're successful. And that is one thing that he, takes to heart and it is very interesting and very humbling for me as a 26 year old in this in this industry and in this business to have a mentor like that on my team you know partner together so how, how did you guys meet or well, actually uh, do you mind sharing what your first business was because yeah i think i think a lot of uh, 
you know, a lot of people uh, that we meet, you know, they they see who we are, we, we show up and, you know, we might seem, you know, very knowledgeable about what it is that we do, but they don't know that that might come from, yeah. you know, cutting grass or, oh, yeah. or just doing whatever it is to, to get us to where we are. Yeah. And really, that's a lot of where our value comes from. So what, what was your business at 18? Well, at 18, you know, I was I was pretty much right out of high school and I knew I had been working for a truck manufacturing plant. And I knew I liked, I actually got bumped up to a supervisor and that was very interesting at that age. And it was very tough. I didn't want to take criticism. I didn't want to take help from other employees, even if it, it was helping me. But at that point of time, I didn't understand that. And so mm-hmm. I actually got, I got, I quit slash fired, you know, right. from that job because I didn't want to accept it. And so I was able to take that throughout the years. Um, even to this day, it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing that I learned, but my first business, I created a, well, I started, um, I knew I wanted to do something. And I think that is the hardest thing to figure out. What do you want to do as an entrepreneur, as a business? What do you want to start? And I remember sitting, I had, I had, I was living in this house and uh, I was sitting there just all, all the time at night. And I did not know. And one day I, it was a phone repair company. So I'd started a phone repair business and I was just looking on YouTube on how to replace the glasses um, that people shatter on their phones and everything. And this was before the big boom of, you know, now you have a phone repair company on every single corner. Every, yeah. So, so I, uh, I, I had started that and I, I was only, you know, a couple months into it and some personal things happened to where I stopped and I ended up moving to Houston. Um, okay. Where was this? This was in Dallas. I had started that okay. in Dallas. And, but okay. even though, even though I had to stop doing that, I knew a hundred percent, I wanted to be a business owner. I wanted to be an entrepreneur because it's, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the freedom of, right of, you know, having your own business and not answering to anybody because that's, that's BS. You, right. you have to answer to your clients. Yeah. You know, no matter what you do, you're answering. Yeah, we, to all, we all have a boss. Yeah. <laughs> you all, we all have a boss. And yeah. that's the thing. I think the biggest thing was the responsibility. I thrived on the responsibility of, I have to meet a quota. I have to meet a deadline. I have to appease my customer. And when they are happy, that's the best thing. You know, that's the best because, you know, they refer you to people. They keep coming back, you know, no matter what kind of business it is, you know, if it's a phone Mm -hmm. repair company or if it's building houses, you know. Right. Um, So that was my first company. And it was, you know, it was a very big learning experience. And I'm very thankful for it. And now yeah. I'm in a completely different zone. Yeah. So. so you moved from Dallas, you moved here to Houston. Yep. And then what did you do? Uh, so I worked in the oil field for a little while here in Houston. Okay. Um, and I met Casey here in Houston when I moved here. And, okay. and that chain of events was basically, it was the way that we met and the way that we had started everything, our friendship in general was kind of, um, I can't explain it. Like it was Mm -hmm. one of those things where, you know, I'm a very big believer and Mm -hmm. I feel there's certain things that happen in life that you have no control over. Like, it's just like, you don't understand how it happened, but it did. Right. 
and that is how him and I got connected. And, and he's actually the godfather of my children. Um, oh, that's wow. how close I am with him. And he, he and I, he worked for a company that, and he was basically just a, a, a hand on the job. Okay. He gave him a two year contract that he would work and help them grow their company. And so long story short, I worked in the oil field and I worked in one of the shops and, um, I worked there for 11 months. I had almost hit my year, which would have given me, you know, better benefits and vacation time and a raise and all that. And I got, I got laid off the day my, my son was born, my first son. Um, I went to work in the morning. They laid me off because of, you know, it was the election time and it was kind of slow. I get, I got home and Sarah was like, Oh, my water broke. And we went to the hospital. And so I just didn't care. You know, I didn't care about the job. You know, it wasn't on my mind anymore. Uh, We had started talking about uh, real estate and doing, um, we were were trying to do wholesaling, but we were trying to do it on the, um, we were doing it on the the foreclosure side. So we went and door knocked on weekends. You know, we hit like 80 houses on a weekend and got basically trying to trying to get everybody prior to foreclosure. Yeah. Yeah. So helping people save their house from foreclosure, getting some money in their pocket, you know, helping them move on into a new house, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We got told no every single time. It was a blow. And I think that's another thing that people need to have happen. You need to Mm -hmm. fail in order to succeed or how are you going to learn? I mean, yeah. there are those few that do succeed and they're great and they just keep going and going and going. But I mean, one of my biggest business influencers right now is Elon Musk. Yeah. I mean, that dude's a genius. I mean, you, yeah. you look at his rockets, how many times he's failed with that. And that is hundreds of millions of dollars. And yeah. that dude will not, he's pushing. he won't yeah. quit. Yeah. You know, he's funding yeah. it himself or whatever, you know, he's, he's going down through there. And, and, and as an entrepreneur, whoever's listening to this as an entrepreneur, you know those days where you're just like, oh, my God, the world's against me. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. And, you know, if that man can do it at that level, at that stage and fail and but keep going and succeed, you and I can do it at this stage. You know, we're not right. talking about hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. Yeah. Um, uh, absolutely. I think um... – you know, I, 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 I try to remind myself that, you know, as often as I can, um, you know, this is a choice, you know, we, I could, you know, go get a job and there's nothing with, exactly. with finding a job, you know, and, and getting a job. There, there, there are great jobs out there. I just think that my passion is building um, and not necessarily, you know, building homes, but just building a business, you know, being yeah. a, a team leader and, and seeing what I can get out of it. And that's what I find yeah. in, that I'm passionate about. And there are those days, months, uh, sometimes there's been years where you're just like, you know, yeah. when am I going to get out of this? And, and uh, you know, luckily, perseverance and, and help from family members, friends, you know, uh, colleagues, and um, they kind of push you along and, and, and help, you know, even if it's moral support for you to, you know, get up and out of it. So glad to hear that, you know, at least, you know, you found your way. So what, what got you into, um, so you went from real estate, you know, door knocking, um, trying to, so explain to people. So you, you invest in real estate right now, right? I do. Yeah. We do personally, Casey and I, uh, we pretty much do everything together. It's just, you know, him and I can do it separately, but we're a team. 
you know, yeah. team and things are so much easier as a team. You know, I have Absolutely. him to, to, I can vent to him. He can vent to me and neither one of us take it personally because we know it needs to happen. You know, we right. can lean on each other. We both have different skill sets. We both have different knowledge and we go out there, you know, and, and do this. And, and get it rolling. So, um, so you, you went from door knocking. Uh, and so what got you into actually starting class act and, yeah. and, and, and working on the construction side of things? So, a, about a week after my son was born. What year was this? This was Hurricane Harvey. Okay, so 2000. So 2017. Uh, 16? Six, 16, I think. Okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been about three years. Yeah, yeah. it's about three years. Um, we, whenever I got laid off, Casey's contract of that two years was done. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, look, I'm ready. I'm ready to do a business with you. I'm ready, you know, to take this relationship to the next level because we've, you know, we've, 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 you know, bonded or whatever you want to say over the, over those, uh, those years. And, you know, I saw his work and everything of how, of his knowledge. And I had been working on my knowledge as well. I worked with him sometimes, um, on his job sites, uh, working for that other guy. What kind of work were you, what kind of work were you doing? It was just little. Uh, there's a there's a investor. He owns like 150 rent houses, mm-hmm. and with 150 rent houses, there's people that always person. moving in and always moving out. So there's always make ready's. So it's basically right. all kinds of make ready's, little mm-hmm. additions, stuff like that. But more off the grid, you know. Oh you know, we worked for a little crew where that was his only job working for that guy. Okay, and. Um, and I think it helped Casey, you know, it helped him. He's been doing um, construction his whole life since he was okay. knee high. You know, he's been in that industry and building okay. and everything. And I, I just told him, you know, we had we had uh, found a way to market that was, you know, very cost. You know, it was free. I think we paid mm-hmm. $100 to be added to a uh, an email list of mm-hmm. a huge network, a uh, huge real estate investor network in Houston. And we okay. got a job. It was just an easy make ready. It's actually the house I live in, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we get, we landed the job and Hurricane Harvey hit like two days later or something crazy like that. Yeah. So I sent my family up to Dallas and Casey and I stayed here and we worked through the hurricane and we, we slept on the job of this house and we, cause it was just an easy make ready. And mm-hmm. our, and our idea was, okay, we have a niche that we can fill is we only work for investors and we we were going to only do make readies Mm -hmm. and we were able to just continually you know market i I marketed everything and and we just held ourselves um at a high standard you know uh, morally mainly Mm -hmm. um dealing with different investors because there i think it's a little different way of dealing with an investor than a homeowner because an investor should at least know somewhat of what you're doing um, right. unless they're brand new, which, you know, is understandable, which is, you know, what we can get into a little bit later, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just the point of we jumped in. It was time. We both said, okay, let's do it. Um, we, you know, we didn't have much money. And so Casey and I, you know, we did everything ourselves. It was just him and I painting <laughs> walls, laying down floor, you know, everything. 
Okay. Um, is that is that the majority the majority of your clientele is uh, their investors? What what percentage would you say are investors? Uh, I would say a hundred percent. Okay. Do, we we do normally only investors, just because it's it's a niche that we've filled we filled it in the beginning and it's just grown, and so I haven't okay. had the we, yeah we really haven't had the need to market to regular homeowners. Um, right. I've. I've yeah, Houston's to, a huge market, and they have a yeah. they have a ton of investors. That if you have your systems down right, you know, and your timelines are good, uh, yeah, you can definitely stay busy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, is it a recurring group of investors that you work with? I mean, what uh, you know how do, how does an investor reach out to you and how do you vet that process because that you know that we can probably we can take our conversation in that route because yeah. this is something that i'm sure there are a lot of you know new investors you know or seasoned investors and you know we can we can pick your brain and and kind of you know see the ups and downs of what it is to work with an investor and maybe try to overcome some of those you know obstacles by having you talk yeah you know uh, so i think yeah. this will be beneficial to s contractors as well because i'm about to right. lay some real information out there uh, all right i i as a as a competitive standpoint i probably shouldn't but mm -hmm. i have you know i have trust in my team and and sure. and our clients that you know it, it doesn't matter i want to put the information out there i want to teach people right. so basically what i did what we did at first is we went to investor meetups as contractors you know, mm -hmm. we were going our our goal was always to be the investor because we don't we don't want to be a contractor we right. want to be doing it for our own houses right just you know that's that's a genius level of you know i'm buying my own house and saving a whole bunch of money by doing everything in-house right uh, plus the 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 ability to make decisions yeah. immediately yeah you know, you know just streamline everything yeah right. you, you manage your own projects instead of somebody else's Right. But basically, in the beginning, we started by just marketing to directly to investor networks, you know, Facebook groups, um, meetups, go to meetups. Um, mm -hmm. I know there there's not as many contractors there as I as there as there could be, but there right. are some contractors that go there, and I feel like those people that are taking the time out of their day because you have to understand they're they're busting their butt throughout the day. Right. And, at, you know, we have these meetups at nighttime, so they they rush home, get nice and clean. Then they go to a meetup like they're they're hustling. These are the hustlers that are going out there. Right. And so, you know, I definitely respect that because I know mm -hmm. how, how difficult that is. So using those networking uh, meetups, you know, I don't like how some investors do shop around, but right. that is the business that is what has to happen for them to succeed because they need the best prices sure and and you have to go out there and be competitive you have to go out there and put your numbers out there and, and be as competitive as you can be mm -hmm. to try to get these jobs um one thing that that we do personally is a lot of the times i i i trust myself and our team and our company so much that i'm just going to ask you I'm going to ask you what your numbers are as an investor yeah. or as a homeowner. Like how much is your budget? Because I'm so glad you, you, you said that. Not yeah. Me first. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just asked straight up, how much is your budget? Because 
I can it's either, easier to I can work with. Do it. Yeah, I can either do it or I can't. So then if I can't, then, you know, nobody's so wasting each other's time anymore. What do you tell that investor? So let's go through your process. So for so one, our percentages are about 5% investors, maybe even less. Okay. And because we have a, a homeowner uh, client base, um, a lot of those are word of mouth or, or referrals. So a lot of that vetting process has already been done and what has, and, and we haven't really spent a lot of time or dedicated a lot of, of energy in, in seeking out investors. What happened in the past or even what happens now is an investor might know of us and they'll give us a call and they'll ask us to provide an estimate for a house that they haven't even purchased yet. Yeah. So, you know, you're already more likely than not going to be competing against two or three. Uh, That's a lot because there's, you're talking about this, it, this particular investor has two or three contractors. Right. That they've already worked with, but, but not only that, they don't even have the house. Yeah. So then you got to think of all the other investors and all of their contractors that are also putting their money in. Right. So my goal is to, my my investor needs to win and right. a lot of the time the wholesaler's price the person that's selling the house their price is set you know they want a certain amount and they're they either will or will not negotiate and then obviously you have the seller's price the homeowner themselves right. um and then you know the your investor has to make money right no absolutely I, that, that's the, goal, the end game yeah so my goal is to get my investor to win. As long right. as my investor is winning, I'm happy. Now, I may break even. I've broken even sometimes. I've I've lost money on jobs, but we go in and we do it until it's done. That's one thing that we pride ourselves on is finishing out a project because my investor is not going to win if, if you know, they're not going to come back. Investors right. will come back over and over and over if they're winning. If they're making, you know, let's just say 20 to 60k a deal, and you're their contractor, you're the one that's basically making it work for them. Your, your number is going to make or break the deal. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get worried that, that over time an investor will um, see you as putting all their eggs in one basket if you provide them with that much of a security to where their operation now revolves around whether or not you can do the work and then eventually they may um, cut you out or not provide you with 100% of, of the work and therefore you're being loyal but they may not necessarily be loyal. Yeah, um, I, think, I think that's part of the game. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not my investors don't have to stay with me. Mm -hmm. You know, if they get a better price and they want to go with another contractor, they're given, you know, a better price or a better quality or whatever, that's mm -hmm. up to them. It's my, it's so, it, then it relies up to me personally and, and my company to continue to be marketing, to continue to be putting out there on social media what we're doing so I can continue the momentum. I think the momentum for any business, for any investor, for, for anybody, the momentum is one of the most major keys because you can build a momentum and then that, that momentum is just, it's just building up and rolling it's behind you. Each other. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a surfer on a wave. So, so after, let's say you meet with a, uh, with an investor, let's just assume they, they've purchased the house yeah. and they call you out and you've asked for a budget. How do you overcome 
that question of, or, or the answer of, you know, um, I don't, I don't want to provide you with a budget. And, and I think investors more than homeowners, every single investor that has any idea of what they're doing, even the smallest idea, they have a budget. Yeah. Homeowners, on the other hand, they may truly not have a budget. They may have a range or an idea, but an investor, you know, the cardinal rule is you make your money when you buy the property. So they already know from the front end how much they need to spend or what their max is. Yeah. What if they just don't have you, have you ever come across that scenario where they're just not comfortable giving you a budget? Um, I mean, yeah. And when they do that, I'm going to give them my number. And if their number doesn't work, then I can't, I can't do anything else. You know, I can't help if, if you, I, I just, a lot of times I straight up, you know, ask for the information for me to help you. Right. And absolutely, I, you know, it, yeah, that's the hardest. I, I think, you know, we've really pushed that thought process out there because I think that's one of the hardest things to overcome for a homeowner, for a client is to provide a budget. Cause I think, um, the notion is, is that if you give the budget, you're going to take advantage of that budget. But in reality, they have an option to shop that scope of work, not the number. Cause if the number stays yeah. consistent. Yeah. I mean, I'll yeah. sometimes, I know, I know for a fact, sometimes I'll go to a property and I'll create a scope of work. I'll put all the money, I mean, time into it and I'll present it to them. And, you know, you know, it's got my numbers and everything on there and that investor will go and show it to other, other contractors and say, beat it. I do the right. same thing. You know, that, right. like I said, that's part of the game. That right. is, it is what it is. That's business. Do you think that is the best game to play though? I, I don't think so because okay. you want to create relationships. You want right. to network, you know, your net worth is your network. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you cannot have a lot of money, but you can have a huge network of people who have money. So then it doesn't really matter if somebody believes in you and trusts you, Right. You know, they're going to put their money on the table. They're going to give you the job. They're going to let you go out and bid their jobs. I mean, right now I've got, I got a client that the other day he sent me to a house. I went and looked at it. I called him. I said, you need to buy this house. Here's, here's mm -hmm. my numbers. You know, this is a very good house. And he bought it the next day. He closed right. on it like two or three days after. And, and th at that point in time, I was just like, you know, what we are doing is good because we are creating trust in the community for our company, you know, and, and that's what we want to do. We want to be a trustworthy and honest company. And if, 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 if I, if I go look at a property and it is a bad deal, I won't even give, I won't even give them a, right. a number because I don't want to be a part of a deal that my investor loses on. If they right. want to go out and find another contractor that will do it, that's fine. But, with our company, we've we've got we've gained so much knowledge in the investing side, the wholesaling side, the contracting side, even the lending side. You know, we basically, you know, I we know not not everything, obviously, but we know yeah. enough to know if it, if it deals good or not. I know how to yeah, it's a, myself. It's okay to brag. I mean, you if you know it, I mean, you know it all. You know, you you, you know that. I think. A lot of people would appreciate that, you know, that you have, okay, you, you know, the contracting side and, yeah. and you know, the, the, the investing side, the lending side, you know, and if you explain to them, this is why I think this is a bad deal or a good deal. Plus here are my numbers to do the work. I mean, yeah. that, that, that provides a lot of value. Yeah. So, um, so 
what projects are you working on now? Um, are you working with an investor now? So yes, we're working out with an investor now and, um, I've got two personal, I got two personal projects going. I'm working on an investor on another one. So the, the project that I'm doing for the investor right now is a new construction home. Um, we are building Perfect. a house in Baytown. Um, uh, we're, okay. we're going to be ground up from the ground up. Yep. And we are going to be, um, uh, I'm sorry. Did they did no problem. Did they provide you did they have did they have you in mind for the build or they did did they reach out to you after, you know, they had their plans and budget and everything in place? And did did they provide a budget for you? Or did you bid that out as well? Um, so basically with that guy, he has he's an older uh gentleman. He's in his mm-hmm. you know, sixty five ish or so. Mm-hmm. And he has been building houses his whole life. Okay. And he's tired of building. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we came in, you know, he, on our first project together last year, we built a house for him already. A lot of people have probably seen it. Um, I marketed mm-hmm. that one a little bit. Uh, was that the duplex? No, that was just a house, a single family okay. house. Um, okay. We built it from the ground up. We took it, we, we met with him a couple of times and it was, it was kind of a blessing and it made it easier because he, he provided the budget. And we mm-hmm. looked at it and we saw the potential for our company to be able to learn from that project mm-hmm. and be able to show Houston what we can do. Right. And we went in and we knocked it out. We, you know, we passed all of our inspections. We, and then we built a solid product and, mm-hmm. um, he, he helped us a lot with that process and we, you know, he's bringing us two more houses. We're building one right mm-hmm. now. We've got another one in the city. The plans are in the city that are going to be released here soon. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's been, it's been, <laughs> we, we, our goal from the day one, when, when Casey and I were painting walls, mm-hmm. our goal from day one was we wanted to build houses, you know, right. and, and three years later, you know, we're building houses. Uh, yeah, we're building, that's awesome. Yeah. We're building a house in, in Baytown. Um, we've partnered up and we're building a condo downtown, um, a three-story nice. condo, um, right by the East River project, right down the street. And so, yeah, yeah. That, I think I saw I, I saw pictures of that. That's yeah. So that that, that was a huge move um, for us. We start breaking ground on that this weekend. Awesome. And then another another thing that we have going is we have, um, we've partnered with an investor. She was doing flips herself. Um, and we, we, we partnered in, oh, did I lose you? No, you're good. Okay. My phone started ringing. Let me bring it okay. Um, we partnered um, in with an investor and we do houses. We flip houses together. So okay. my company goes in and we, um, we do all the labor costs in-house. So we do okay. everything at, at, labor cost at material cost there's no markups nothing and then at the end of the pro and casey and i manage the entire thing um mm-hmm. and then at the end you know we just split the profit just and split the it's, profit. it's okay. really easy the, the the job that we give the investor is go find the next one you find the right. next house we work on this house mm-hmm. and then we'll move on to the next one and move on to the next one you know just over and over a cycle 
So are are you are you or Casey? Do you guys uh, are you guys uh, doing any of the work yourselves? Well, Casey is on the job site all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he still does work himself. I have been able to back off. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to get him to back out too. We've been hiring um, more skilled people that we can use as you know super supervisors or superintendents, um, and we've taken that. And we're starting to build on that. So we, um, so what I do is I, I handle all the admin, all the mm-hmm. admin stuff, and we, and he supervises the in the field work. Okay. And so what I'm able to do is I'm able to use my time and market and bring in projects and use my social media, and always have eyes, you know, what of what other people are doing. Right. And that way I can I can put our company's name. Out, out there, you know, right. You know, to, to be to so so anybody that's in in need of your services, you know, know knows how to get a hold of you. Basically, yeah, definitely. You know, I'm, I'm, so your sales, marketing, social media, admin. Yeah, yeah, everything. Awesome. You know, and and I've had all kinds of people asking to do it for me, and I'm like, no, you know, yeah, we do it in house. We've done, you know, we we can build a house from the ground up in house. Mm-hmm. Nice. I use I use like an, I use an HVAC contractor. Right. All your mechanicals are subbed out. Yeah, my mechanicals are subbed out. Um, my my electrical is probably half subbed out. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, we can build a foundation. Um, mm-hmm. I bring a company in to we bring a company in to pour the slab and finish to do the, the slab. pouring. Right. We can do all of our plumbing. You know. You know everything. So that's that's great. Yeah. And so is that who? So I guess. So contra so investors, uh, since since you're you're more geared towards the investors, I mean, I, I'd like to be able to provide them with some kind of value, you know. And so, what are some of the obstacles that that you sometimes uh, encounter when dealing with investors, and and what you know from your point of view? Because we all, I mean, I know what some of the obstacles are from an investor's point of view, right? at least dealing with contractors, you know, um, poor quality is the first one that comes to my mind. I don't think anybody really ever, uh, the first thing that when I speak with investors, they never say, oh, well, you're, their, their prices are too high. It's always not reliable and poor quality. Yeah. So um, that is definitely a problem, you know, mm-hmm. especially once that hurricane hit, even Imelda, um, mm-hmm. the, the flood that right. has happened. Um, Casey said the best, you know, the, the, the wannabe contractors came out of the wood, like, like ants, like termites, they came out and they're trying to get all these jobs. And so you don't really know, um, who's who. And in Texas, you don't have to have a general, uh, you don't have to have a GC license to be a contractor. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Overnight. Overnight, you know, everybody's a professional. You know, everybody's yeah. trying to start their little business and everything. And, yeah. and you know, we, we kind of did that the same way, but we did not stop. Right. We did it. We did it the correct way. We did it the honest way. You know, we, you can, now you can't make everybody happy. You know, no, people that have been upset, you know, and, and that it is what it is. That's every business, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but investors in particular. So, uh, you know, we've invested in, in real estate for, for many years and, and it's easy to to do your own projects, like you were saying, because you were the decision maker, you know how much you want to push your project's quality, yeah. you know how much you want to push uh, a, a, a project's budget. But when you're dealing with an investor, again, and 
I'm in a couple of investor groups and it's just constantly being reiterated of how bad contractors yeah. in general, a majority of the contractors are, how being that you work almost exclusively with investors, how, how have you overcome that stigma? Is it that you charge more? Like, what is it that I definitely don't charge more <laughs> um, yeah. or we would be a lot more, you know, we, we, we would be a lot further along. Um, the one thing that, you know, it's hard for an investor that that's just coming out, you know, you have to create the relationship. You have to be upfront and honest from the beginning. Um, on an investor side, I wouldn't give out money up front. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is what it is. Um, that's actually Casey. Um, oh, okay, cool. You want to bring him on? Yeah. You want to get on here? This is Frank. This is our podcast. Our company. Hey Casey. Hey Frank, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. I heard good things about you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I miss you on the other project. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys are an amazing team. I'm, I'm happy to have, you know, you guys on here and, uh, you know, just kind of picking Christian's brain and seeing how you guys, uh, are able to, to, to handle the investor side. You know, um, I, I wasn't aware hundred percent that, um, that you dealt with hundred percent, uh, investor client base. Uh, so it's interesting to, to kind of talk on that side. It's, you know, something that I'm not really, um, uh, I'm experienced in it, but it's maybe 5% of my base I've invested before we invest in real estate now, but it's not something that we seek after, you know, a hundred percent. So it's interesting to hear it from somebody who, you know, are as successful as you guys are and, you know, some of the challenges that you guys uh, encounter when you deal with investors, you know, especially in, when it comes down to um, price quality relationships. Okay. Um, so when we're dealing with investors, it's super easy because they know what they want. Right. And also, you know, they don't live in the houses. So it's normally an empty property that you can go in, bring a team in, uh, mm-hmm. handle up whatever needs to be handled and get on out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, that tends to get more costly and more uh, extensive whenever you're dealing with a person that owns their house and you're working for the open market. Right. Um, I had made up my mind a long time ago to work for investors because it seemed and it has proven to be the fastest way to growth for a company. Right. No, no emotions involved basically. Yeah. So when you're just trying to be company based and, um, keep a good friendly spirit and a good friendly attitude out on the properties, it works a whole lot smoother for everyone. So, yeah, that's the way I, I like to look at it and the way I like to treat all of the customers. And of course, a whole lot of thank yous and yes, sir. And yes, sir. And yeah. no, sir makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, that's when that's, that's if you had a, 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 a food truck, that's, that's the business model, right? So right. <laughs> you, you, regardless, customers are always right. You right. Know? And yeah. I mean, it's the same. I treat it the same in business and out here working. I mean, it's their house. We want to do a good job. We want to be fast. We want to be efficient. And 
I am super knowledgeable when it comes to building houses or when I walk into a property, I automatically just can walk the property and know what it is yeah. and know if there's something that I can do with it or not. And, yeah. and, you know, at that point, I just have to be honest with the investor and let them know what it's going to be. Um, right. I can let them know real quick whether it's something that can be worked with or something they need to pass on by. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, and a lot of times those that don't go with your advice and, and move forward with another contractor, more often than not, it's the same people that I've seen or just examples of, of work that gets done with poor quality because they end up pushing. And most of the time they push with budgets and timelines and they push it on the contractor. And it's, it's kind of like, well, what did you expect? You know, this, you know, this was not feasible from the get go. You're kind of getting what you're paying for. Well, there's a whole lot of that as well. And, you know, I've seen it in properties where people don't go with someone that is investor minded like mm -hmm. I am. And they go with contractors that they just want a job. They just work and mm -hmm. they treat the job like an hourly project. Right. And I know of a project that Christian wholesaled several probably close to a year ago and it's still in the process of rehab. And, yeah. you know, it, that makes me feel bad because the owner of that property has now probably lost face, faith in investing. Yeah. And, and contractors. that's not what we're trying to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So um, let me see. So I had a couple of other questions. So, um, so as far as your current project, so how many projects would you say you take on in a given year? Um, this, this year we've done, uh, how many projects? Probably, yeah. probably about six to eight full flips this year. Okay. Okay. So about give or take one, one a month or so. Right. And um, we're in the process of our two, second new build also this year. Okay. So, um, where do you go about acquiring your, your labor? Um, that's something that that's, that's that is um, something that I want to dive into. I'm just curious on as far as labor and, and your skilled labor. Um, so you, d you do a lot of your uh, mechanicals are subbed out and ha you have a vetting process for get bringing on new trades. If it is, if, if growing, I'm assuming it is, is in your game plan for this next coming year with your new build and everything. Um, let's say there's an investor that has a couple of more projects that they want to put under their belt for the year. How do you go about uh, fulfilling that um, that growth? Okay, so what I try to do is I immediately bring in people and raise them up within my company. Mm -hmm. um, when we bring people on, I like for them to come out and physically work hands on with me for a few projects because after working with me then i know that they know how we need to do things right um and what's expected of me you know and i tell everybody anything that has to do with the project there's nothing that i won't put my hands on and so if i ask you to put your hands on it don't think that i won't yeah no, they, so, they example. especially in especially when you know well r regardless of age i think if you if you lead by example 
you know, whether it's doing demolition or, you know, doing something that's laborious, if, if, if somebody new sees you doing it, I think you earned a lot of respect from them and, 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 you know, you show them that there's really nothing that's beneath you. Um, and if you're not doing it on a particular day, it's not because you don't want to, it's because you have other responsibilities, but as part of a team, it's good to show that, you know, you can do it if you needed to, but everybody has a responsibility in the company. So, right. That's Do part you, of it. And also mm -hmm. it helps to let them see that they have potential as well. Sure. So we try to make sure that people that come in realize their potential because I like to love their potential into them if they'll let me Yeah. Um, and help them grow. Sure. Do you have a particular craft that you specialize in? Uh, um, my My favorite thing to do I can do any of it, but my favorite is to trim. I love inside trim work on houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's probably well. Yeah, trim trim is trim is fun. Trim we do trim in, in cabinetry, right. but yeah, tr trimming out homes with detail that's that's like the 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 final touch that gives a home you know that that look you know. Um, so uh, so you have your you have a couple of new builds. Um, just going back to trying to give some investors, some, some, some value. I'm trying, just trying to pick your brains here. Cause again, it's not something that we deal with on, on an everyday basis. Um, I just want to keep going back to, I guess, giving contractors a better, uh, a better name in the eyes of, of an investor. If you're, if there's a new investor out there, I'm pretty sure if they go to seminars or if they go to coaching, um, they're going to hear about how, bad contractors are you know is there something that you can tell a new investor that um that they can do that can help the process of not creating a bad relationship with a contractor you know in terms of quality in terms of price things of that nature i think that one of the most important things for the investor to do is to get involved with the contractor um, don't shove all the load onto the contractor and then not want to get involved. If you, right. it doesn't mean that you have to get out there and be shovels on or hands on, just get out there and start gaining the knowledge of what that contractor is doing and start being there to listen and know what the common lingo on the job site is. Because mm -hmm. if you're new to the if you're new to being a tradesman in the construction field, then there's a whole lingo there that can seem like a whole nother language right. to someone that's been in the corporate world or any other you know part of life, mm -hmm. and you want to know what that lingo is so that you start understanding what to be looking for when you buy houses, and right. by knowing that you get to know your contractor on a more deeper level. And by knowing them on that uh, depth, you can find out exactly how far the depths go with that contractor. Right. And, you know, there are contractors for certain things. Right. I have done every part of building that there is. So I have a lot of depth, but there's a lot of contractors that only specialize in certain things and can only get certain things done. 
And right. so you want to make sure that a contractor has the depth to be able to go to the places you need to go. And sometimes the places on rehabs are rough and tough and a little bit dirty. Yeah. And, and it's fair to say that, and I guess I'm just realizing this now, if you're a new investor and you haven't been in the trades, then you're in reality, you're, you're learning two entirely new careers. You're learning how to invest and you're learning the construction, you know, side of it as well, which, you know, it's difficult to master two different uh, career paths at the same time. Right. So a lot of trust in a contractor is important. Um, if there was an investor, a new investor that wanted to reach out to you and work with you, you know, what is um, what are some of the questions that they ask you to vet you and, and vice versa? What are some of the questions that you would be asking them in order to see if it was a good fit for you guys to work together? Um, some of the first things that they do is they want to know about money because mm-hmm. everyone's in the business to make money here. Sure. And so they want to know how you're going to be able to adjust for the draws on the job mm-hmm. so that they can make sure that they're right because that also tells you how much money a contractor is looking for lets you know uh, how they want to start approaching the project right and it lets uh if an investor has uh, been listening to the seminars and listening to what has to be done by the investor then they're going to start immediately noticing red flags when the contractors are asking too much Mm -hmm. or they're asking for astronomical fees for certain things, uh, stuff like that. Because in the investment fields, they have a lot of partners too uh, and a lot of resources to go ask questions and learn. So you have to make sure that you're ready for – and knowledgeable about that as a contractor and when you start taking on new investors you want to make them feel comfortable and you want Mm -hmm. to help them to begin to start building a good relationship and you don't want to give them a bad experience sure um if i'm gonna if i'm gonna bring in and help a new investor i want them to have the best experiences that i can give i want Mm -hmm. them to be proud of what they're doing. I want them to be able to take the time to learn a lot. And I want them to be able to feel like they're 100% involved in the project. Mm -hmm. So a whole lot of we's and us's are part of it, Mm -hmm. letting them know how important they are. Sure. And so let's walk a, a typical, a typical project, right? So Projects that I've walked, you know, generally the uglier, the better for, for, for us, you know, because for us and the investor, obviously, because the investor probably got it at a deeper discount if it looked as ugly as possible. And then, you know, they have a, 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 a budget that they have to work with to get it up there. So some of the biggest questions and, and um, I guess obstacles on taking on a job uh, for me have been, for example, um, the structural integrity, insulation, uh, the plum, the mechanicals, and then other things like um, like drywall texture. A lot of times there's a lot of patches, there's a lot of mismatched textures, things of that nature. You know, how do you walk every single aspect of, you know, the house? Do you point out, do you blue tape, you know, where there might be mismatched textures or patches and, and you know, that is some that is a place where I feel like a lot of investors don't budget for those imperfections yet when you turn over a project 
it's going to be noticeable that there is this patch in the wall or that, you know, textures are mismatched, mismatched. Um, how do you overcome that when the project's towards the back end? I mean, do you, do you do it on the front end? Like what, give me some of your, uh, some feedback on how, um, you've overcome some of those things. So a lot of times when I first walk onto a project and I first look at a project, um, Today's home buyers are not as uh, closed off housed as former home buyers and builders. Mm-hmm. Um, today, the open concept look has become a very big and unanimous uh, decision to do by the market. Right. Um, everyone likes to walk into big, nice, wide spaces. Mm-hmm. So. A lot of times when I walk in and I find the first thing that I automatically look at when I look at a house is how many rooms are they ready to start uh, opening up, opening up (laughs) and get a feel for the house and find out at that point, once we know how many rooms they want to open up and how the concept is going to look, then I start deciding from there what is the integrity at that point going to be because I really don't look a whole lot at what the house is. I look at what I want the house to become for that investor. Right. So when I look at the project, I immediately walk in and I let them walk me through because I like to, especially new investors or investors that I've never met, I like to walk through the project with them and just be totally open-minded when I walk in and say, so what would you like to do? What would you like to see in your house? Mm -hmm. And let them just unflow their mind. And that gives me an idea by them telling me the things that they would like, what they, what their budget may be. Sure. So if they tell me, well, I'm thinking about taking this wall out, I'd like to move this kitchen to that room, all of that, different things that tells me well you know if they're going to be an investor they've got a possible even from their past a little bit of knowledge maybe on how much things cost right and so if they start talking about they want to move this room or they want to open this room up or whatever then that starts telling me more about where their budget mind is at too and Once I start understanding where their budget mind is at, then I have an understanding on how to help them arrive at the decisions that they can make. And, you know, most things don't take that much to move and don't take that much other than time and labor. And then, you know, we start going through the numbers off of what they would like to see in the house. At this point, this, these are just ranges. Right. I just like, I like to just first for, especially for new investors or somebody that just knows what they want to let them tell me what they want. Because my first mindset when I'm working with someone is they went into investing because they want freedom. They want freedom to be able to make decisions on their own. So one of the first things I think about whenever I want to help them start making their own decisions is to start telling me what they would like to see in their new career. Mm -hmm. 
And so I like to make sure that they know that they're the boss and that they have the right to tell me what they would like to see the house look like. Mm -hmm. And once they start giving me a feel for what they would like to see their house look like, then I start knowing what kind of decisions they want to make for themselves throughout this project. Sure. And as I start realizing what kind of decisions they want to make for a house throughout the project, then it helps me to be able to adjust my mentality to getting them to closer to where they want to be. Sure. And, you know, then we can start arranging numbers and see just how close we can try to get them. So your estimates are itemized. How how detailed are are your estimates down? Like how, how detailed do you end up getting when you're working with investors? Because that, that's one of the things where, you know, an investor old or, you know, seasoned or new investor, I think that they buy a house, they can picture what they want the house to be, but it's one thing to picture it in, in a general sense. And then another to walk it after it's all said and done. And again, just going back to, you know, mismatched drywall textures. Um, you know, maybe they chose not to replace baseboard or trim, and and it doesn't look as neat or or clean because it has dings and scratches in it. Although you may sand it down, reprime and paint, but you're still going to be able to tell that it's not new, new trim. Like, uh, like, what? How do you itemize your estimates to let them know that those imperfections are going to be there? even though they might have the look, but it'll still be there after you're done with the job. Um, It's important to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. That conversation has to be had, whether it's a seasoned investor or a new investor. They have to know that if they want perfect finishes, then we need to pretty much tear the house down to get perfect finishes. finishes. If we're going to go in and rehab a house and we are automatically on a budget, then we have to try to get the most product and the most labor for the budget that they have. Mm -hmm. And you have to have that conversation Mm -hmm. of where the line is going to be. Sure. Um, is Is it fair to say that as a craftsman, as, as somebody who does the work, takes pride in their work, is it fair to say that maybe um, you haven't been happy with the work that you've provided given the budget because you know you can do better work? Like just in the back of your head, because that's happened with me, especially with, in particular with investors. Like, um, you know, when we did do, you know, maybe three years ago, you know, we were we were working, you know, pretty steadily with a couple of investors. and. And there was this maybe bickering back and forth about finishes towards the end of the project. And, you know, I would just kind of say, well, you know, that that's just that wasn't in the budget, you know, and and I knew it going forward that I wasn't happy with the work. But again, given the budget and that the budget is fixed so they can make a profit, you had to do imperfect work, uh, so to speak. And has that happened with you? That's happened many times and it happens almost on every house that I do. Okay. And because you're always, if you're a nitpicker, you're always nitpicking yourself. Oh, yeah. And you're always wanting to pull the very best out of yourself to give to every customer. Right. And so when you're wanting to give your very best to every customer, you're always realizing where your shortfalls are at. 
especially if you're looking close and you're very detailed detailed in your work yeah so it's very important to me to try to be as detailed as i can but I always go through that with every job that I do. I find places in the project that I just wish I could have done a little bit better or had a, yeah. you know, the, the uh, resources were not so exhausted that I could just keep putting more and more into it. Right. I go through it constantly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, that that's, that's really a, a big reason, you know, for this podcast is just sharing that, you know, I know I'm not the only one. Um, but hearing it from somebody else, it's it's refreshing to know that, you know, we've done work before in this instance, in, in these cases with investors where, you know, you know that the work can come out better. You're hoping that the your client or the investor in this case understands that it's not getting done better, not because you're a poor contractor, but because the budget wasn't there. And then at the end of the day, that there's some happy medium and that he's not just blaming, he or she is not just blaming it on you because of your lack of skill it's really because of the lack of of the budget yes so so yeah so i guess that that's that's a that's a good um you know takeaway from this is you know maybe if there's one thing that we can take away from all this is um having some trust in in a contractor um well i guess a quick question how does a new or seasoned investor um what do you think working with nothing but investors how what's the best way to get that good contractor so they can explain some of these things on the front end and there's no miscommunication you know on the back end on on the finished product um it takes time Mm -hmm. um it takes building a relationship and when you're working with investors you want to build a relationship with the investor Mm -hmm. and you want to let them see your heart in your work Mm -hmm. and it shines through consistently there's been projects that I have done for people and they may not have been totally happy at the end of the project until it went to the closing table (laughs) yeah you know and then all of a sudden you know what I really like that guy he got me there Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that you have to deal with as a contractor sure um to make sure that you get each investor to the closing table right um i always tell everybody that works for me and in this company that it's our job to keep our investors greedy if they are not greedy then we have not done our job. Mm-hmm. If we cannot help to satisfy their greed, then we are not doing our job. It is our job to take on this project, do such a good job that makes them want to go do another one. Sure. So if we are not helping to satisfy an individual's healthy greed of wanting to grow, then we're not doing what we need to be doing and we need to change things up and start doing that okay. and so you have to have that mindset towards every seasoned investor and every new investor mm-hmm. it's just you, yeah it's part of it do you ever work as a subcontractor with investors um, or, or do you prefer turnkey projects most of the time 
Um, I just do turnkey projects. I do go in sometimes and do very small finished projects and stuff like that for, you know, like uh, management projects mm -hmm. uh, to help in small things if they have a immediate issue. But for the most part, when you're keeping a crew on the road constantly and you're constantly doing bigger projects, you mm -hmm. have to have full projects to keep a crew moving to. So Agreed. it's difficult sometimes to just drop off and go do a quick little subcontracted project. Right, when right. You're, when you're in the process of growing, you have to make sure that you keep the work out in front of your uh, workers mm -hmm. and make sure that they have plenty to do because they have you know you're also building trust with them so just like that investor is building trust with you you're building trust with your workers and in order for that chain to keep going you have to make sure that plenty of work stays in front of your workers otherwise they're going to move on man so you guys are you guys make a pretty great uh pretty great team you know it's, yeah it's been, uh, that's that's what it's about and i think that's one of the hardest you know that's sometimes the hardest thing yeah. and that's one that's why we always stay on our knees um to god man yeah. you know? your 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 faith plays a huge role in your life and, and business huh yeah um, yeah. yeah yeah definitely man yeah. life is hard man it, is, hard. it is it is but you guys are doing great and that's one of the reasons why you know i i wanted to pick your brain and and uh have a couple more questions for you basically sure. so um so your ideal client i had this down uh uh as part of my questions but i think you've you've answered what client base you you have which is your investor so what's your ideal investor is it you know um like what's your ideal investor that you would like to work with or you know and is there any particular reason why is it in in, in your stage of your company like what what would be your ideal investor and i guess project um well i mean now as you know we're sitting here and talking now our company has been growing and the the most ideal investor would be actually investing in Casey and I instead mm -hmm. of investing in a flip house or us being the actual contractor. Right. Now we're getting to the point where our our investors have we've been working with each other for so long and building trust, which is the main thing, mm -hmm. and building just a rapport. And our investors are now backing Casey and I with their money. And they're mm -hmm. like, we're, we're about to build a condo downtown, a three-story mm -hmm. condo. And um, I, I'll, give, I'll give you some quick numbers, man. The ARV is 350. Mm -hmm. We are going to build it between 80 and 100K. We bought the property for around 110, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's $100,000 profit. Yeah. And, and we're partner, we're all partners in it. Like it's our personal project. And so now mm -hmm. we're getting to the point to where we have grown our company and grown our crew and grown our employees and, you know, subs and all that in-house to where we are able to now partner on these bigger projects. So the, the, the ideal, you know, client partner investor, you know, it, it is that, you know, if somebody's willing to put their faith in Casey and I to do what we do best. Mm -hmm. Are you still looking for? Are you still looking for the fix and flip uh, type of uh, investor? 
Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we will. Um, I think now we're kind of shying away from the major, major fix and flips. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're just uh, like a contracted job, like somebody wants us to come in and do uh, a job for them. Um, because it takes, we have to now time manage. We have to right. manage our time. We have to manage our priority list. You know, we have we have jobs that we we get um, through one of our clients, and it's just he does little make he but he's buying and holding properties left and right. Mm-hmm. And so we go in, we do a quick make ready, and, and out. we move on to the next one. And sure. we're continuing to do our personal flips, and we're continuing to build new houses as well. Mm-hmm. And so that goes into my next question. Like where, where do you see yourself in five years and um, where, yeah, where would you like to be in five, you know, one year, five years from now? Like what, what's your growth plan, you know, going from, you know, fixing flips to building? Um, are you going to uh, continue working with investors? Like what, what's your plan? I think our plan right now is we want to continue to push on our personal projects. Mm-hmm. We want to, we want to build our personal portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, we, as a, as a company, um, as Casey and I's company and continue to build our relationships with people with money, you know, mm-hmm. I mean that it is as the bottom line. Yeah. Um, and the people more, that can invest, that, that can invest in you and yeah, um, they can invest in, in us because over this past three years, you know, we've, gone through many many hardships and mm-hmm. in all of those hardships we've learned so much and we've managed to stay afloat and just start and you know now we're, we're killing it you know we're mm-hmm. killing it out here and um you know i have trouble talking about five years because man so much. just, just you know, yeah well, just like two, like barely two and a half you know three years ago we casey mm-hmm. and i were painting walls ourselves Right. And now we're talking about, you know, we're, we're about to start building more and more condos and stuff. And we're talking about million dollar deals. And so, you know, in five years, I want to be doing $10 million deals, you know, and, and there's no reason why we can't. There's no reason why nobody that's listening right now can't do the same thing either, because mm-hmm. it's all about your drive, your persistence and not giving up. That's, right. that's, that's it. I mean, you can go do what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. So, so for you, you think uh, multiple projects, one big project, uh, staying in residential, and like, like, uh, can you can you give me a little bit more detail on on that? Like, I it, think right now, what if you have the choice of, at least? Yeah, what's kind of bouncing around in the pipeline right now is uh, we're doing this one project, um, this condo downtown, um, and we're gonna be purchasing another property. Um, to build. So right now we purchased one property. We're building one. Um, mm-hmm. We're about to just go ahead and do another property, build three or six, and mm-hmm. then just keep moving up from there. Um, we also are thinking probably, you know, around the five-year range, we're, we're thinking about, you know, building, you know, 100 plus apartment complexes, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go into multifamily. Just yeah. Just basically, we, why, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you grow you know, again, just trying to give some feedback and value back to, you know, the listeners. What, why wouldn't you stay in the investor realm and just grow uh, and become the one and only or the go-to person, let's just say here in Houston or in Dallas? Like, is there something that turns you off? Because there's a lot of, I mean, there's, 
you know, um, they're if, everywhere. There's if there, yeah, if, if there are networking events and there are coaching, uh, you know, mentors, um, seminars, then that means that there's people attending them. That means yeah. that there's enough money for them to make a business out of that. Yeah, which means there's enough uh, investors and homes that are being worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, why wouldn't you uh, continue to 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 do what has gotten you here and grow that aspect of your business? Like what is it that turns you off or uh, uh, about it that maybe somebody else that's listening that wants to get in, into doing it um, would want to say, you know, that's the path that I want to take. Um, I think it's the fact that I want to sit on a beach somewhere and not do anything. You right. know, I want to make phone calls and do business deals, you know, just transfer money. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the way that I'm going to get there is by, grinding it out right now, grinding it out how we have been grinding out. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, it's tough on my family. It's tough on me. It's tough on everybody, but we all understand the potential and we know what we have to do to get to where we want to be. Um, I, I would like, I would absolutely love being able to, to coach. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to do a huge coaching program where we just charge an arm and a leg. Um, but, you know, I definitely want to, I want to, I love doing what I'm doing right now. You know, this, but but going back to like your growth, like why, why wouldn't you like, is there something in particular that's steering you away from growing your business or you personally with working with investors? I think it's the fact that we're using, I'm going to say we as in quotations, Mm -hmm. because we're bringing financial partners in Mm -hmm. and we're doing our own projects. Okay. Instead of, you know, kind of working for someone being in, um, we're still, we still, obviously we have a budget, we have a time frame, we have deadlines, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. But it's a little less stressful because Casey and I know what we need to do. Mm-hmm. So now we're not necessarily, um, when, if we continue to grow that way, we're not um, tied down by certain contingencies. Right. If there was a contractor that um, wanted to grow their business, would you recommend them to? Would you recommend them to seek after work, working with investors? Yes, but I would recommend that they understand the investor side of things. Like understand mm-hmm. your client's business as well. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't understand your client's business, I don't know how you're going to help them win. If you right. don't know how to run comps, if you don't know how to know what needs to happen to a house, what kind of finishes you need to copy from mm-hmm. other um, houses that are you're trying to match that price point to sell. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't know how to do that stuff, and all you do, all you know how to do is swing the hammer and stuff, I think you'll kind of plateau. Like, mm-hmm. grow your knowledge, go to school. Which what I've done, I didn't go to school for this. I don't have a degree um, for any of this. I. Mm-hmm. You know, YouTube, um, people on Instagram, people on Facebook, the Facebook groups go to networking events because they hold the seminars and stuff all the time. You know, I can't stress enough, you know, everything you need right now to be successful in anything is is on the Internet. Mm-hmm. You know, my my parents, uh, my grandparents, you know, our older generations, they didn't have any of this. Right. So there's there's no excuse why none of us can't do whatever we want to do because all the information is there. Sure. And, and for some advice for, for investors, do you like, how can they 
eliminate the problem of contractors, you know, without removing the contractor. You know, I think, you, I because think, you've worked you've worked with them more, so that that's yeah. why I, I have my I have I have my answer, you know. But it's it's coming from a different mindset, you know. Where for me, uh, for me, quality's first. Yeah, quality trumps budget, and yeah. from an investor's point of view, it's always budget first, exactly. regardless. So and that's that's what sucks sometimes for right. us personally, Casey and I, because we want to put. A very very you know i want to do the kind of work the, the kind of quality that you do because you guys do amazing quality but my my investors don't have the budget to do that right. they don't have the budget to go build a a million dollar bathroom right i mean so yeah. you know, I don't, it's, it's I, always I, like the grass is green on the other side because yeah. I, I see you and I'm like man i would love to just knock out you know project after project yeah. and i'm i'm still you know stuck in you know one home, but they're, they, they both have their, their challenges. That's why it's interesting to hear it from, from you because, you know, um, every, I actually, I turned off the notifications from the investor group. Cause I think there's like 15,000. And yeah. I think every other post from investors is pictures of really bad work and Oh, contractors are the worst. And then every comment below that is, yeah, oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then, you know, I know, of the person because they probably post a lot, not anybody in particular, I'm just in, you know, the emotions that go on and, and while I'm reading some of these comments, I'm like, yeah, but you're also somebody who supposedly flips, you know, 20 to 30 homes a year. You should know better yeah. than, you know, than to if have doing, somebody like that yeah, working on your project. You know? that, if you're doing that kind of quality, you know, that many flips there, you like, the fault's on them more yeah, than the contractor. It's, it's your fault. Like you need to be the the contractors. Like you got to treat it like a child. I I, I would almost yeah. assume. like yeah. as an investor, your contractor. Like this is your business. Right. I have you know Casey and I have a business, but we are basically in the business of growing the investors' business. Right. Because that is you know what. You know, they may have a job or whatever, but they are flipping houses. And if you're flipping one after another, you're you're doing a business just like HGTV. Right. You know, and yeah, if, if, if it's a full circle, so exactly. you feed their business, they buy more homes and it kind of all, it's all a, goes it's around. A huge yeah, it's cycle. Like, I mean, you have the, the investor, the contractor, the wholesaler, the lender, the 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 original seller of the whole host of the of the property, you know, and then you have the buyer. It's right. just a huge process. It goes over and over and over. And if you don't understand that cycle, mm-hmm. um, and you don't, and like as a as a contractor, you don't have to know it. Right. But I took pride in knowing and getting my way into every single aspect of the, the cycle, the circle of real estate is. So now I, I, the more that I know, the better I can help people win. Mm-hmm. Whether it's coaching, whether it's being your contractor, whether it's being my own project, mm-hmm. whether, you know, it's somebody just calling for questions, whether it's me asking people, I mean, um, helping people with advice on Facebook. I mean, yeah. Any plans on getting your license? No, no, that's a whole nother. No, I mean, it's not, it's not, um, required. So until it's right. required, Casey and I, you know, we're not going to, we're just going to keep pushing and we yeah. have a, we have a $2 million insurance policy. And mm-hmm. I think when it comes to a contractor, you don't necessarily have to have your license. If you have your license, excellent, you know, good, right. 
good. You know, that's a that's a green check mark for an investor looking for a contractor. But if you don't, if they don't have a license, um, the the city still, you know, they protect people on new builds at, at least. Um, not necessarily on flips, but you know, I have to get bonds for for some aspects of right. my work through the city. And to be able to do that, I have to have an insurance policy. Um, and I think that one of the things that separates a contractor from, you know, one of the one of the contractors that come out of the woodworks after Hurricane Harvey um, is I have insurance. I am right. paying monthly to be insured because this is my livelihood. If something happens, I need to be covered. I'm not going right. to run away. I'm not going to run away if, you know, if something bad happens. I'm going to stand. I'm going to weather the storm and get through it. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we covered a lot. I mean, you know, I, I, I wanted to, uh, you know, get get your story. You know, I think this is probably the most that we've actually talked to, you know, yeah, each yeah. other. You know, we've got a couple of job sites here and there, but, you know, um, I wanted to hear your story. Uh, one last, I think we covered it a little bit, you know, just the, the social media etiquette, you know. That's, I want to get into that. If we don't have time today, I mean, I... I no, I mean, we do, uh, you know you know, if, if it's not now when, you know, um, so I did, I did post it as one of my bullet points to have, you know, uh, social media etiquette. And I think it's, it's one thing that kind of stood out to me, uh, about you. Um, you know, there are, the, I think that there is an unwritten rule, you know, about, um, about social media, you know, at, at least there is in, in my mind, you know, and a lot of times that, that stops me from, my uh or it doesn't stop me because i try to post as much as i can you know i I think of my family i think of my team i think of my business and i'm like you know well if i don't promote myself if i don't if i'm not my biggest cheerleader you know nobody else will but you know you always have you know uh, i hate to use the word but it's it, it is what it is haters you know that are out there especially in the work that we do because it's very visual and you know you might post a picture and you know we all know that one person who, you know, posts, uh, you know, on a daily basis, doesn't comment, doesn't share, but boy, as soon as, you know, you post a picture of your work up there, you know, he, he becomes your, your biggest critic. And, you know, with you, you know, I, I noticed, you know, you're a huge uh, fan of a lot of people's work without necessarily having any benefit whatsoever and you sharing it. And it's one of the things that, you know, I, I, I noticed about you and without knowing you every or ever having talked to you, I'm like, you know, here's a guy who, you know, he has his own business. He, he, he has his own work and then takes the time to share people's posts, you know, whether it's a, a listing, uh, a, a realtor's listing, or, you know, you've shared a lot of my posts. I'm like, you know, this guy doesn't even know me. You know, why, why does he do that when it's hard enough to post your own stuff? And, you know, uh, I really commend you for, for that. And I wish more people, you know, on social media were like that. And I think that would bring the best out in people. Uh, again, especially because we're in the trades, it's, it's hard enough doing what we do and people, they will only see the picture for face value, but they have absolutely no idea what what it took to get to take that photo. Yeah. But they will tear it apart and, you know, discourage a lot of people that maybe are easily discouraged. So, yeah. What are your well, thoughts on that? One, the reason why I do that is because I understand how hard it is to be an entrepreneur. I mean, yeah. being, a, being a contractor is being an entrepreneur. I mean, it's it's the same thing. So, um, I don't care about, I don't care about getting 
back. Like if I share your post, I don't care if you share my post Yeah. because I, my drive, people know, people see it. I, I know I have plenty of people out there that are completely silent, silent that are watching, just watching to see where we go. And at that time they're going to put their money down. It's happened. Right. It's happened with, with, you know, big, big time name investors. Um, and I, I, it's, I don't have to get anything for everything. I don't, it's, it's not me. Um, sure. I'm happy with how we're doing. Um, I don't need, I don't need a whole bunch of different praise. You know, I don't, I don't go on Facebook and I, I post my properties. I post our projects, you know, but I really don't like, I just, at the end of the day, I stay humble Yeah. and because I know it can all be taken away immediately so easy you know and then that's the thing and and that's one thing that i love if i see somebody that's hustling that's humble just you know as, as i am and and they love what they're doing i'm sharing it i don't you know i don't need anything else from them um i just see their desire and that's what i love about business is being around the people that love it as well as much as i do yeah and um Regarding the haters, you know, regarding the haters, you know, I, I don't care. They post something on me. I they say something to me. Yeah. I don't care because I'm out here doing it. I'm yeah. out here making things happen. One of the things that Casey taught, I learned a lot from him. Um, one of the things that he's taught me is there's, you know, there's two types of people. There's there's a there's a type of person that goes out and you know follows basically, and then there's the people that 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 build things out of nothing. Right. And and that's what that's, I'm not talking about building a building or house. I'm talking about building ideas, motivating people, being a leader, being an entrepreneur, you know, making people believe in you. And, and that's what I want to help. You know, that's why I share people's stuff on, on, on Mm -hmm. on social media is because I want other people to see them. I want them to grow. Right. No, I absolutely. Uh, you know, there, there, there are a couple of people, you know, I, I, I definitely, uh, um, you know, they're, they're big supporters of others, you know, more, more often than not, you know, it is, uh, uh, you know, other small business owners, you know, um, because they, they know how, how difficult it is to just put yourself out there and, um, yeah, but that's, you know, you're, you're, I wish more people were like that, you know, um, there's a lot of great people in, in my network. I've actually, you know, tried to to interact as much as, as I can as well. But you're somebody again that, that exemplifies that, and I, I wanted to just point that out. You know, if you are an investor or or if you are a, you know, an entrepreneur, it's uh, it's you know, don't be discouraged by posting out there and, and sharing. You know, other people's things because it let people see yeah. it. I mean, that's yeah. you know, I one thing that. I've been doing it. I'm branding our business. I'm yeah. making it a brand. You know, it's not it's not Casey and Christian anymore. It's Class Act. That's we've we've been raising this baby with our bare hands yeah. from day one. You know, we're yeah. building a brand, and that brand. I want to help other people build brands, and you know, that's yeah. what I, I've I've noticed. I, I have noticed you simply from your posts. You know, and and even from you sharing other people's posts. Uh, that have absolutely nothing to do with you, you know, it really makes you stand out. And I think it says a lot about you as a person, to be honest with you, you know? Um, so, so yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm, 
I'm, I'm, I'm out of questions. I mean, did you have anything that you, any final thoughts that you wanted to discuss? I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, we dove deep into, into yeah. who you are, how, how you can help a little bit, uh, as far as from the investor realms, actually, you know, interesting perspective and, and your yeah. growth. So you know, well, it's all I, yours. I mean, I just, I'm really thankful for Houston. I mean, we wouldn't be where we're at unless Houston was behind us. Um, investors, clients, other contractors, you know, people, you know, giving us the mo, you know, helping us grow the motivation. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're super pumped up right now and we're, mm-hmm. we've have the motive. We have the momentum behind us very, very large and we're, we're pushing forward no matter what. That's, yeah. that's the biggest thing. And I mean, I, I just am really thankful for Houston. I'm really thankful for God putting us in the positions that we're in and mm-hmm. giving and giving us the chance to prove our um, responsibility. Right. I mean, how are you going to be responsible with ten million dollars if you're not responsible with the thousand that's in your bank account? Right. You know, you gotta you gotta learn. And I'm really thankful. One thing that we've done is we've held the reins of our company. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Slowly, we continue to let go of the reins and let it drive itself. Yeah. Well, where can uh, where can people find you um, on on social media? Because that's something that you know I want I want in, uh, investors you know that want to work with somebody that you know uh, is reliable and knows what they're doing. Um, where can they yeah. follow your stories? Where can they follow you? You know, you and, and Class Act. Uh, I'll I'll put it on the link in the description. But if you want to. Okay let people know where they can find you. Yeah. So oh, I do a lot of marketing on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to grow my Instagram, um, but it's just, I've been really just piling forward on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on my personal account, which is Christian Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also have our, our company page with the, which is class act property solutions and mm-hmm. spelled K L A S S. So class yeah. act with the K class act with a K and okay. uh, on my personal page I post I post daily stories you know I, I if I'm out on a job site I'll I'll, I'll let y'all look around I do lives every once in a while right. I should probably do that a little bit um, more um, in the past I've done little demos of you know my guys working and showing mm-hmm. how, how what they're doing how sure. to how to put a shingle on like what the process is of, of roofing you know stuff like that Right. Um, and when we start doing this condo, I'll probably be doing that a lot more because that's the more luxury side of things. And people, I'm sure people will want to see that. Okay. On, on my class act business page, I normally just post finished projects. I post finished projects. The um, pretty pictures. Yeah, the pretty <laughs> pictures. Just kind of like as a reference, you know, um, right. our, our, our uh, website will be up here shortly. Um, we're building yeah. that up. Um, to, to get a little bit more traction. Sure. So, um, yes. Yeah, so social media nowadays, it's, you know, it, it, I wouldn't say it replaced the websites, but I mean, you can get as much information and it's easier to update than you can a website, but yeah. it's good to know that people can see. Um, do you have your domain name yet? Uh, I, th- I think I do. Um, Cause mm-hmm. I, have a, I have an email. Okay. Well, I'll I'll update it if you if you if you share it with me. You know, yeah. when, whenever you do get it, I'll I'll put it up. Um. Well, any last words? No, just uh, I, I thank you for letting us be on, and uh, if no. you want us on again, I would love to be on. 
Yeah, so so you have your you have your builds coming up. Um, you haven't you're gonna break ground this week on 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 your uh, on your condo project, right? So, you know, what's the time frame for that? Uh, we are shooting to be done within three months. Within three months. All right. So maybe in a couple of months, I'll, I'll have you back on and, you yeah. know, you can talk about some of, you know, the good experiences. Like early 2020. All right. Cool. So yeah, let's, talk about <laughs> let's talk 2020. All right. Uh, until then, man, really appreciate you uh, being on, you know, um, this is new to both of us. So, you know, uh, thank you for, for coming on here and sharing your story. And uh, I'll be posting uh, this actually tomorrow. I, I did want to wish everybody uh, a very happy and safe, you know, Thanksgiving to you too, Christian. You know, this is uh, definitely a time, you know, to be thankful. Even being able to have the time to do this right now, you know, uh, it's very, uh, you know, we're very blessed to be able to, to, to take the time to do even something as simple as this. So uh, I know for me personally, my family, you know, we have a lot to be thankful for. Yes, sir. That's it. Yeah. So, all right, Christian. Well, thank you again for, for being uh, on here. Uh, and uh, we'll catch up with you in a couple of months. Definitely. I look forward to it. All right, man. Take it easy. See you later. All right.